Let me show you around. That's my lab table, and this is my work stool. And over there is my intergalactic spaceship. And here's where I keep assorted lengths of wire. Whoa, a real live spaceship. I designed it myself. Let me show you some of the different lengths of wire I used. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Oh my god! It's it, all new, baby. It's so neat. This look, it's <laughs> the colors, children. Ah, we're back. It's so good to be back in color. In color. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is two bad neighbors in the thirty-first century. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, Do the theme dun, song dun, again. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. I guess played. they just. I yeah. guess they just listened to it. I forgot. I forgot we it. had that in later. Um, <laughs> Yes, welcome back, everyone. To we two had bad a... neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons seasons no. one through what? Greg, no, huh? It's changed. I'm sorry, it's my programming new... hasn't been updated. All right, well, we got to add your new chip. I don't know. That's right. My name is Gregbot version <laughs> 1.0. All right, well, we'll get you to 2.0 shortly here. Oh, I have a whole fig plan. Oh no, <laughs> I don't like hearing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was not approved by me. Uh, this is Two Bad Neighbors in the 31st Century, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Futurama. What? Seasons one through four, broadcast, or not broadcast-wise. Fuck, we got to figure out. <laughs> Initial run. Initial run, I don't know. Well, the Fox okay. years. We, talked, we, we briefly touched on this in the, in the specials that we did. Yeah. But... The way they broadcast the episodes is all out of whack. Mm-hmm. So we're going through the series in the intended production, production order. Production order! Um, which you can find on Wikipedia easily. Wikipedia lists it this way as well. Um, however, I believe if you're watching on Disney+, Plus, I think Disney+, Plus for some reason, in their infinite wisdom, decided to make it uh, uh, air, broadcast order. Yeah, why is, wouldn't they? Which is wrong. Uh, which is a bad way to do things. Um, which is also why they have five seasons instead of four seasons. Um, there was four box sets, therefore we're counting it as four seasons. That's what we're doing. First season is 13 episodes. This is the first episode of the first season. That's what we're doing mm-hmm. because Fox is a nightmare. Yeah. It's a real <laughs> nightmare. They have no idea where their seasons end and where they begin. That's right. Especially in those Simpsons years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Just wow. Um, but we're back. Holy shit. We're back. Guys. Feels good. It I don't know how it feels yet. Okay. I haven't been programmed to feel feelings. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if I like this. Bit. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out how it feels. I uh-huh. have a software update that I okay. haven't installed for a year. Oh wow! So you just—it's just been sitting in your in your uh, tray. Well, what happens is I wake you? up is I wake up every morning and there's a little update uh-huh. in my eyes in my mind's <laughs> eye uh-huh. that says, "Would you like to install your software updates, or right. would you like me to remind you tomorrow?" And without fail, I always just click on tomorrow because I'm like, I got shit I got to do. I mean, yeah, you, like why why would you update now? Yeah, because they say there's a feelings patch, <laughs> so I'm holding out for that. All right, well, I hope I hope you get your feelings soon, Greg. Someday, yeah, when I have like a day off or something. Sure, yeah, I'll um I'll patch the feelings into there. All right. In the meantime, I'm Greg Bot 1.0. All right, I'm Alan. 
I just, guess I didn't introduce myself. Just normal Alan. Yeah, I'm just Alan. I don't know. Yeah. I, this was not planned. Again, this was sprung on me. Just normal Alan who just happens to be 1,112 <laughs> years old. Yeah, finally we're in my era, baby. <laughs> I guess, wouldn't I be 2,000 now? Oh, shit. Yeah. Because I was 1,000. No, you were only 100. Oh, right. I was four. <laughs> yeah. I forget. Yeah. I forget the canon of okay. my weird fluctuating age. Um, it's okay. I remember, so you don't have to. <laughs> Good. Well, we took a hiatus, as you are no doubt aware. Um, yeah, we some people started boys. shouting us, shouting at us on uh, <laughs> in our emails. Which That's true. We do appreciate. Which is fair. It kind of reminded us to do this. Yeah, so, it lit a fire under our shiny metal asses. We do appreciate it. It's not so shiny anymore. All right, <laughs> shinier than yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're back and we're we're talking Futurama. Um, we have a lot to talk about. I think. Um, yeah. With this, but uh, do we want to do a? Are, wh- what kind of what kind of segments are we keeping? Are we keeping? How have you been? Got to. We got to. Yeah. Got to. So how have you been? Is uh, grandfathered in. All right. Yeah. Well, well, how have you been, Greg? Holy shit, Alan! I've been so tired. <laughs> You're working on a show. I'm working on a show, and um, we had some a, a spot of really bad news uh, oh, no. come down the pipe. And at the very end of one of our shows, one of our cast members got really, really bad news, and mm. they and they and her husband had to leave the show for uh, three days, which involved bringing two understudies in. Wow. The show has a cast of five. Oh wow! So two is a big percentage. Yeah. And uh, two understudies came in, and we rehearsed with them all day on Thursday and then did a show that night. Wow. Sorry, all day on Friday and did a show that night and then rehearsed again on Saturday afternoon, did a show that night, and then did a show on Sunday with the understudies, and then our uh, two cast members have since returned. And we will be going back up with them on Wednesday. But it has been an emotional and very, very long week. So I have wow. enjoyed my days off. Yeah, no doubt. That's crazy. Um, I'm sorry to hear hear about all that. Yeah. Um, it was wild. It was yeah. absolutely wild. Um, I've never... I haven't felt that way on stage because, like, it's such a... There's 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 choreography, there's singing, there's acting, and all that fun stuff. So I haven't felt like I was falling in a show, in a scripted show, for so long. It feels like it felt like an improv show mm. for a lot of it, right? But an improv show that had to have songs <laughs> <Right>. in it, <laughs> like an improv show that had structure that, that had and structure lines and wasn't supposed to be improvised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it was absolutely exhilarating. I, I, hey, that's a positive word. I'd strongly a recommend it to anyone who is looking for an adrenaline rush. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just inject myself with adrenaline. That's a good idea, yeah. too. <laughs> that's healthy. Yeah, right? It's a healthy way to live, yeah. Anyway. Alan just keeps an adrenal gland in his pocket. Yeah, why not? <laughs> sucks on it. Yeah, I just slurp it up. I want a lolly. <laughs> Uh, well, that voice you heard is our guest, uh, who we, we can definitely bring in because why the hell not? Yeah. It's James Wade, everybody. He's back. Yeah. He's hell back. yeah. Yeah. Into, into the 31st century. 
on the new pod, I am currently <laughs> the longest running guest. I Whoa. have the most episodes. You know what? You can't argue with facts. I you gotta. We never actually we never actually stated this in our last episode of Two Bad Neighbors, but technically, you're also the longest running guest on Two Bad Neighbors. Because yeah, like you, longest running. You yeah, are yeah. Not you were our episodes. first yes, guest. Yes, not most appearances, but longest running as you were our first guest uh ever. Yeah. So I really wow. should have named an award after you in our in our TBNAs, but I, Yeah, you probably should have. Oh yeah. I, was, I honestly I, I honestly you thought out. you were avoiding us at the time. Yeah, you so. were missing. Yeah. Um we had a an alleged James guest near yeah. the end of the pod, but we weren't 100% sure. Um but you're back. You know, we found you. Lot, yeah. And yeah, there are a lot of imitators out there, but here is the one. And you're back for real this time. <laughs> you're back yes. for back back for good. Yeah. As uh uh Robbie Williams would say. <laughs> yeah. Does that Robbie song. Williams. Absolutely <laughs> right. Yes. I I am a I am I don't want to rock DJ. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. It's my I take that. Of- it's my take that. <laughs> what? You know what song I'm talking about? No. I Sing want it. you back. I want you back. Said I want you back for good. Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. Want you back. I want you back. I want you oh, back yeah. for good. You yeah. know that one, right? No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know it, Alan. James knows it. Good. So there. Good. Good. Played it like school dances all the time. Yeah. Well, Some slow dance. Alan and I, I like music. Me to go, so. yeah, yeah, James and I like music. You're a robot. You hate music. I just don't understand it. <laughs> That's all. Right. It's not like I hate it. I just, I, <laughs> it's just there. You just, you, you know how to play it. Yes. You, you like, you like to perform it because you know other people enjoy it. Yes. And so you're like, well, I, humans like this. So here you go. Huh. And I, here's call, Wonderwall. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But when I'm alone, when Greg's alone, he just prefers silence. Yes, yeah, silence or the or like the the white noise of a refrigerator. Mm. <laughs> I could relate. That's, I could relate that's to his that. thing to jam out to. Yeah, nothing better than when a compressor kicks <laughs> on. When when Gord Downey released his album Coke Machine Glow, you were disappointed when it wasn't just the sound <laughs> of a Coke machine that was on. <laughs> the distant hum of a Coke machine. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, so, how have you been? Oh yeah, I guess I can say I uh, I've been busy. As I mentioned earlier, we took a hiatus because both of us were busy for different reasons. Greg was working on a show. I was uh, doing schoolwork and moving, um, and I mean other you know lots of trivia. Like I just had so much going on that I was like, you know what? Greg's busy. I'm busy. This is a great time to just take a break yep. <laughs> from the pod. Yeah. Because um, we you know then we can come back swinging. And even then. If you're a patron, we right. didn't we really s- take yeah, a break. Yeah, we still we did three commentaries yeah. this month because we want to do all scream commentaries, uh, all OG scream commentaries, of course. Uh, I watched four, yeah, uh, recently uh, because I'm getting ready for the new one. Sure, and uh, it's the first time I watched it since it came out in theaters in 2011. Really? Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better than three? Like I I don't know. Like it's it's not. I think it's comparable okay they're they have strengths and weaknesses it's it, it kind of goes back to its uh, uh first film's essence at least like in terms of like they don't try and layer in weirdo comedy shit okay as much um 
there's still com- comedic beats, of course, but for the most part, it's it's trying to be a bit more serious. But the thing is, the meta-ness gets a little over the top because it is kind of trying to replicate the magic of the first one yeah. and like commenting on it um, to the point where they have a whole new cast of characters that are all boring. <laughs> right. And so it's like, you can tell like, oh, this is supposed to be the Randy surrogate. This is supposed to be the Stu surrogate. This is supposed to be the, you know, and they're all bad like shitty versions of those characters so i'm like why do that because you're just made like the only character that kind of stands out is uh hayden Panettiere playing kirby oh yeah she's um, good and she's supposed to be you know kind of the tatum surrogate uh but she uh yeah she's the only one that's at all interesting in that yep. new cast um and she's so it's just kind of what she's the cheerleader i mean you got to save her to save the world that's right we all know that james <laughs> yeah you liked heroes remember heroes I remember Heroes. I I didn't I don't I didn't finish Heroes. I don't yeah, know if anyone either. finished Heroes. Yeah, I don't no. think anyone. I don't even the creators did. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of they kind of walked away after yeah. lunch hour and forgot to and go then they, back. And then the, wasn't there a reboot recently? Yeah, yeah. Nobody watched, and it. no one cared. Yeah. Heroes Origins. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Heroes <laughs> begins. Heroes are back, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like so into that first season. Yeah. I, barely remember it now and then second season like immediately it was bad yeah i remember i remember watching the first episode of the second season and being like huh i don't care at all there's <laughs> like siler siler was that his name siler siler that's yeah, right siler. Yeah, siler siler was uh still eating brains or whatever yeah he loves them brains he likes to eat brains i guess who who played siler that guy zachary that quinto guy? yeah spock himself zachary Quinto. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's also in... Remember Zachary Quinto, you guys? He's an American horror story. Is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. As I say, he kind of disappeared, but I guess I don't watch that show. I so. think he's in one season of it, and yeah. it's the first season, so it But he was really so count. cute. Like, Heroes came out, and that was his, his first, like, everyone's like, oh, who's this guy? And then I think that's how he got the Spock Oh, without role, a doubt. Right? Yeah. And then uh, those movies happened, and it, they were huge, and then they kind of petered away. <laughs> Um, you should make yeah. another one of those. I those agree. I think they're planning on it. Please make I, a fourth Star Trek yeah, with like that th- cast. I think I read that yeah. they're, they're planning on doing one, but I I don't know what the what the the plan is, like the development hell of it is. But uh, anyway, I really like Star Trek Beyond. I think it's awesome. It's I good. I liked it too. I I just saw it the once, and I don't remember much about it honestly. But I do remember liking it when I watch it. I just remember hating Into Darkness so much that Into I Darkness avoided Beyond for such a long time, and then finally watched it, you know, on VOD or whatever. Yeah, Into Darkness yeah. is such a J.J. Abrams movie in the worst ways. Yes, yes. It is really like I mean I know that this is most Hollywood movies for a long time, but Into Darkness was like we're really making Star Trek about nine eleven as well, like. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, nine eleven into. Oh, yeah. It messed the it messed the world up for a while. Yeah, for yeah. a long for, time. For, still, still, still does. Still is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, still yeah, does. yeah. Yeah. Um, but Star Trek, of course, is hugely uh, a, a huge inspiration for Futurama. That's right. It has so spaceships not, in it, and, <laughs> and so does Futurama. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I, had, I thought that was a really nice segue. <laughs> And then, much like the inventor of the Segway, went off a cliff. All right. I fell off a cliff, (laughs) but luckily, I'm a robot, so I'm fine. So you survived. Yep. Um, I'm really leaning into this bit, much like the inventor of the Segway did. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) This is tough. Um, Well, let's, I think let's talk, because I think we have a lot to talk about, about like getting into Futurama. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the episode, we're of course talking about the uh, the pilot episode, Space Pilot 3000. Um, but I want to ask you two, 
because I know I, I know somewhat about Greg's relationship with the show because we've talked about it as we were leading up to this new project. But uh, I'm I'm curious for James especially like what's what's your deal with Futurama? Hey, what's, that's that's a good one. What's the deal? <laughs> no, it, I like oh. it. it uh, replacing what's your story? Uh-huh. What's your deal? What's your deal? What's your what's your deal? I like it's it's confrontational. I yeah. like it. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Uh, maybe Alan will know this. Uh, Alan, can you remind me the year when Futurama debuted? 1999. 1999. Okay, so for me, that would have been in my like heyday of Simpsons fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would have been like 12 or 13. And like in those ages, I was really getting into the Simpsons in a huge way. And like it was right at the tail end of Simpsons being good. Yep. But like, I loved it for like another three seasons or like watched it like religiously every Sunday, whether or not it was good. And so hearing that uh, they were making, like, Matt Groening was producing a new show set in the future. I was so excited. I remember there being a big like splash page on the arts and leisure section of the Globe and Mail that we had delivered <laughs> every Friday with, with Fry and Bender on a little like uh, flying scooter or something. And I was sure. like, this is going to be the best show show ever made <laughs> i was so excited for it and then when i finally saw uh, an episode or two keep in mind i was 12 mm-hmm. maybe 13 at mm-hmm. the time um i thought it was uh, bleak and depressing <laughs> and i didn't want to watch it <laughs> <laughs> do you remember did you watch like this do you remember if this was the first episode you watched or did you watch some further down the line i think i think this may have been the first episode i watched because i remember I have a vague recollection of being turned off by uh, the characters that I wanted to root for entering a suicide booth. <laughs> yeah, because the suicide booth is one of those pilot concepts that uh, is pretty much gone after this episode. Um, I right. think they make references to them here and there, but for the most part, it's not it's not a mainstay of the series, uh, much like the career chips. Um, right. you know, like we'll talk about because, because the thing is about the Simpsons is it doesn't have a proper pilot really. No, you it know? specifically doesn't. Yeah. Like it has the shorts and then they just start doing half hour episodes yeah. instead. So it doesn't have the same kind of pilot, uh, uh, curse, I guess that, was, that a lot of TV shows have, where like you watch a like the majority of TV shows, if you watch their pilot, there's concepts, characters, elements, uh, themes, ideas that are just completely gone from the show proper as it as it goes on. Um, you know, like I don't know, name a name a TV show. Okay, I'm glad you did this. Okay, um, House, House, the television program. Uh-huh. I, I'm naming it because it's a show that I was really into yeah. for a really long time, and I watched the pilot episode obviously several times, mm-hmm. and it has a distinctively different look from the rest yes. of the entire series. It's much more cinematic, yep. in that way, yep. and it um, it also solves his problem. <laughs> <laughs> the the pilot episode of House. It's just, it's done. You, he figures himself out by the end. <laughs> uh, Robin Tunney is the patient, and she's like, you should really open yourself up to people. And he's like, yeah, maybe I will. And then he limps away. Right. And, and then and everyone's happy. And that's the end. And you're like, 
great i guess no reason to keep going and then episode two happens and you're like oh this is the first oh, episode of the show yeah yeah um because the pilot is really just a proof of concept episode yes oftentimes they're j- literally just made like made long before the other episodes as well yeah as like uh hey networks can can, can we do this show more yeah <laughs> and, another, as someone who used to collect as, sorry, just quickly, as someone yeah. as who used to uh, collect DVDs all the time, mm. there was once in a while a show where the pilot was sold separately. Yes. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird and annoying, and I hate it. But I, I had to like track down the Twin Peaks pilot, mm. which was separate from the box set of the show. Wait, what? The Twin Peaks <laughs> pilot is the two-hour premiere, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It's like yeah. the movie that David Lynch directed, the movie length premiere. Well, and I yes, wow, I, that's horrible because that, that episode the, rules. <laughs> I know that the Twin Peaks uh, DVDs had a turbulent history yeah. in general. I, I mean, remember when the gold was it called the gold box or something? Yeah, the gold box. Yeah, the gold box came out, and everyone's like, "Oh, finally! Like it's all together." <laughs> Because yeah. before that, it was like yeah. like James said, there was the pilot separate. I think season one was on its own, and I think season two was split into like three different volumes or something. Yeah, I worked at HMV, and people who were really into Twin Peaks had to order an export, like a foreign export of the pilot in, and it would take a long time, and they'd have to pay a bunch of money for it wow. in order to see the whole show. And then I had a really good friend that lived really close to me, for a really long time and he had the gold box of twin peaks and his name's james <laughs> and then he moved away uh, and james never saw him again. while he was while he was here kept saying you should watch this show mm-hmm. it's good i would lend you the box set if you wanted and i'd be like no nah, like, i don't like david like, lynch get uh, out of here get I out of here i don't want to no I'm it's like great. i don't understand him i don't get it get that shit out of my face yeah and then i um, now it's like your favorite show of all time or some shit uh the return is uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> twin peaks it's been very funny to watch greg interject things about twin peaks the return into every conversation <laughs> yeah funny for you <laughs> a nightmare for me <laughs> You should just watch it. I know I should. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I still have to watch season two. It's really um, good. Yeah. I, you don't need I to do watch season two. No, I do. You don't. I. You guys don't. I, I know you're saying, like, I don't need. I don't have to as, like, oh, a concept. Oh, but you need to. I yes, need yes. to. Yes, this is do. my I failing see. as a human. I, I'm a completionist. I, I need to know the whole context. You need to know the whole story. I need to know the whole story. Yeah. Even if it's irrelevant. Even if they don't mention any of the stuff from season two in The Return. I, I personally need to know what has happened. Well, they definitely mention a few things. Well, there you go. That yeah. makes it even more yeah. prescient for me. Yeah, especially the finale. Great. Anyway. 25 um, years later. <laughs> all this is to say, uh, I kind of interrupted and veered off on a tangent about pilots, but James, you are turned off by the uh, bleakness, which I think is in full force in this episode, in the pilot for sure. I mean, the suicide boosts are a big part of that, but also just the fact that uh, you know, your main characters are kind of these like goofy weirdos. Leela really is the closest one that has any kind of like emotional, uh, like attack. You can you can form any emotional attachment to after this episode, right? Uh, like Bender is just an asshole. Uh, Fry is a weirdo. Fry's Fry's defining characteristic in this episode in particular is that he's a loser and he's a dum dum. 
Yeah. That's it. And that's kind of and it's relatable. <laughs> and it's a I very stick with that. <laughs> it's it's a it's a very graining character. Yes. To to and I immediately have a fondness for Fry. Me too. Um because of this episode. And I I feel like like it, it, the amount of characters that they go out of their way to introduce in this episode uh compared to where they eventually end up with uh, mm. uh, as far as like the planet express team go is, yeah. is concerned is surprisingly few yep because we only see the main three and the professor really and then we gradually get introduced to all these other folks whereas in any normal pilot the main thrust of the episode usually would have been introducing us to the team. Yeah, like you'd you'd expect the this pilot to be Fry joining the crew already assembled. Yeah. But they make a uh, a point of making it essentially uh there is no crew. The professor's like on a sabbatical essentially from his <laughs> delivery company. And then when these characters come into his life, he's like, Oh, let's start it up again. And I really like that. It like it it shows that all of these characters are coming together out of you know necessity yes every single one of them has uh has a reason to want to come together and it's not and it's not just fry who's like being pulled into this one thing it's like well we have we all have different reasons yeah and that's that's a good pilot right there so so james uh you were turned off initially uh, in some ways, yes. uh, did you did you grow a fondness for it? Continue your story. My, my apologies for derailing us several times. <laughs> oh no! Um, well, I just I sort of went back to my Simpsons fandom and didn't watch Futurama for a long time. I also don't know if it aired on basic cable in Canada, so like my viewing of it was pretty spare. Oh, so were you were you watching the Simpsons on like uh, global and like like you weren't watching it on Fox? Is that what you mean? Correct, correct. Okay, because because obviously I, Futurama did air after The Simpsons every like the, for a while. I, I can't remember when they you know started messing around with the broadcast schedule and moving it to a different night. But for a while they were t- doing Simpsons Futurama right after. Um, right. But, yeah. And I do remember watching a few episodes initially. Maybe I went to a friend's house. My yeah. parents did have cable for a while as a kid, but I was like not into Futurama. It wasn't until uh, university, actually, probably knowing you, <laughs> that I was like, oh, I should actually watch Futurama in earnest. And when I was working at a video rental store, while those still existed, uh, I just took them all home and right. watched them night after night. Because you could do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I, I mean, I, I will say I personally didn't watch it on air often. I remember watching the pilot. It definitely was the first one I watched. It was right after The Simpsons, and you know, I was very excited. And... Um, I do th- think I had a similar reaction to you, James, where I was kind of, I think, that, again, the suicide booth was just such a, such a very, like, I don't know, like, it, it was such a specific thing that I was just like, I don't like that, <laughs> you know, like, I don't like that that exists. Yeah. I know that our characters uh, go into the booth and don't get killed, obviously, <laughs> and it's like, you're watching it this time, I'm like, that's kind of funny, like, the, the knife at the end that just kind of, like, twists, <laughs> I think that's really funny, but... But I remember watching it at the time and being like, oh, like if that's like a normal thing in this world, in this future, then that's like, yeah, that's kind of depressing. Um, but I first I, I think I was really taken by Fry as a character. And I think we'll we'll dive a bit more into Fry as a character a little bit later. But uh, just for now, I want to say that I started watching it in earnest as well when the DVDs started getting released. Um, 
So I didn't become like a huge fan until I was able to buy those DVD sets and watch them all in order. And again, in production order, not in broadcast order. Because again, there's there's not a lot. Uh, like going through the episodes, I look at them and I'm like, uh, like you know, this one switched with that one and it shouldn't have been. But for the most part, the continuity isn't as important as I remember it being in my head. Um, we'll see as we go on with, with this, obviously, and we'll see what, what kind of continuity stuff would be messed up by the... Uh, broadcast order being messed up, but but I just remember it being more similar to what Fox did with a lot of their uh, canceled too soon shows, where they just I would never know when it was going to be on, right? Because they keep switching to like oh, it's Wednesday nights now, and I'm like, well, I I thought it was going to be on after The Simpsons, so I guess I won't watch it this week, you know? Stuff like that would happen all the time, and that's why I wasn't able to watch it on TV. But I remember always wanting to when it when it was on TV, I'd be like, yes, please let me watch this show. But the DVDs basically enabled me to dive deep and listen to the commentaries and become a huge geek about it. So, um, so how do you feel about the show now, James? Are you are you a a big fan or are you still kind of you know teetering? I, guess? I am I am pro Futurama, and they've done really cool things in a lot of their episodes that are really just sort of tweaking science fiction staples in a way that I really like. And, uh, and they do manage like good sort of emotional storytelling with, uh, mm-hmm. with Fry and, and Leela. Um, I, I feel like I, I like the show, but it's never been a show that's been exactly for me. Like mm-hmm. I never really felt that it, it spoke to me in a specific way. I'll watch it all the way through, but I don't feel like it's one that I come back to often as like a, a comfort show. Right. Um, but I do find it really interesting, and there are there are moments from it that like stick in my head. Most of them are from Professor Farnsworth, <laughs> who is probably my favorite character. Uh, I find myself saying things like, "Oh, time travel advice from Mister I'm my own grandfather." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Professor is a standout. Greg has already expressed his fondness for the professor. I love him. Uh, <laughs> Um, and Fry, you've got that brain fake. <laughs> I already did. Um, a question, though, I guess that just sprung to mind, James, is aside from The Simpsons, maybe, which I know, like, I, th- I think you have a similar fondness for The Simpsons golden years as we do. Um, yeah. But aside from that, is there any animated shows that you do have that, like, strong connection to? Uh, I've watched the one season of clone high oh yeah i don't know 20 or 30 times (laughs) yeah like i feel like that's right in my animated sweet spot though that lord miller sure yeah yeah thankfully has sort of like blown up in uh yeah i'm glad they're getting more humor i love (laughs) because yes yeah um spider-verse 2 and a reboot of clone high is happening and i don't know uh, what that'll be like who knows who knows i'm worried it's it's odd yeah. because it's been an it was announced like two years ago I want to yeah. say like yeah. it's been in production for so long now that it's one of those things where I'm like is this gonna happen because yeah. it, it could be a thing that falls apart because maybe there's like creative differences yeah but, it honestly yeah. feels a little bit like the um there was a there was a show that I was really into uh, it was uh, Young Justice mm. um, that aired for two seasons Netflix had it for a long 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 time and. I believe they it's released about a, like baby, uh, uh, who's baby a baby who's a courtroom. Judge. Yeah, it's yeah. a baby lawyer who uh, goes to work in the uh, law offices of young, young, and younger, <laughs> and <laughs> he's mostly a traffic 
he mostly deals with like small things like traffic court and that sort of thing. But he wants he to make sure. The that, gavel. Yeah. Um, Bingo young lawyer. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> young Justice released this teaser poster for season three long after it had been canceled. It's like uh, it's like Justice League, like Young Justice yeah, League, right? It's okay. Baby Justice it's the League. Actual. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I made the joke, and then I was like, I want to know what it actually yeah. is. It's like it's the it, it's like while the Justice League is doing this intergalactic shit, all of their sidekicks are staying at home and making sure the world doesn't end. Right. That's but it's different idea. than Teen Titans. It is. There are okay. members of Teen Titans in the Young Justice League, okay. but they are a separate team. All right. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superhero shit. I don't know. Yeah. But the, the point is that they were talking about season three of young justice for so many years and it was announced and then it was like oh by the way it's not happening anymore and then it was announced again and then it was like oh by the way it's not happening anymore and mm-hmm. then by the time it did happen i just stopped caring it yeah. was it was one of those things where i'm like and i mean clone high definitely holds that uh place in my heart much like it does yours james so i do care mm-hmm. if there's a second season i don't know if i'll ever not yeah, but if you well, and if what you a, pull my leg too many times, <laughs> I will eventually stop caring. It doesn't matter what it is. It's one. It's one of those shows to one of those you know, as they say, cancel too early shows that ends on a literal cliffhanger. Yeah, um, which is like it's something I've I've thought about for a long time since it you know ended because um, for a long time I'm like there's got to be a second season because of the cliffhanger yeah. um, but then it clear, it's clear it wasn't going to happen and then it got to the point where I was like I think it's a fine ending yeah they're all just frozen <laughs> you know like like I don't need another season arguably for like I don't need closure it's like what are you going to do how are you going to beat the Stamos bit <laughs> how are you going to beat that you won't you also, say that, I don't but need them Warren to resolve Miller, that yeah, cliffhanger. It's true. It's true. Honestly. Well, yeah, that's the thing. The, the cliffhanger isn't like the resolution of the cliffhanger isn't going to be like, oh wow, that's the. It's going to be like, okay, they get unthawed, and then I don't know. He goes with both Cleo and Joan. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever, Chicola. right? Like Chicola. Um Like it's not. It's arguably not an interesting. There's there's not an interesting resolution necessarily. It's just there should be a resolution. <laughs> That's the reason why people are clamoring for it. Is that it? It, it is a literal cliffhanger. But um, I do. I like. I will. I will say again. I think I trust Lord and Miller so much that yeah. Uh, I think they could come up with something really interesting and really good. None of the movies that they are responsible for have any right in working, and yet they all do. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, and they just yeah they have this weird magic touch to. Uh, ideas and concepts that sound horrible on paper, but yep. work gangbusters. Just look at on any of the movies that they are credited as directors and writers on, and yeah. you're like, "Why is this a movie? <laughs> Why there's no? I have no interest in this." And then you watch it, and you're like, "That was really sweet that and was really amazing. funny. Give that me was more. great." <laughs> always, I I love the Jump Street movies. Yeah, I think they're, they're great. I think they're great, and I shouldn't. Those movies shouldn't be good. And they are mm-hmm. cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, great. How is that a good movie? Yeah, it Lego is. movie. It's a good. The Lego movie should. Lego not movie work. was a sh- was a shock to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this is really sweet and good. And how it's like how you're like, oh my god, this movie's winning me over immediately. 
with the first scene with the with the Lord Business coming in and the in the wizard, and you're like, "Fuck, this is gonna be great." <laughs> like, this is you're like this is funny. This is so funny. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Honey, where are my pants? Like, yeah, what a great that's, bit. It's really great. Uh, and then of course Spider Verse uh, and Spider Verse. Be, yeah, the, can't be ignored. The, one of the, the greatest movies ever made. The crown jewel, if you will. Um, the but, Silmaril. But so <laughs> and Melkor's is yes, I know. Crown. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Greg, can you explain that to me? Someone? I would love James, to. James, no, James, no. Oh, uh, no, you've activated the Silmarillion chip. It's the Silmarillion protocol. Yeah. <laughs> um, Allow me to talk about the light of the Valar. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so Clone High is is an example. Is there any other animated shows that, that you really that really holds, holds a close place in your heart, James? Uh, that I mean, that one's probably the, the, the comedy that like speaks to me the most. Like, sure. I yeah. think Clone High is very funny. Uh, but Avatar The Last Airbender yeah, has, yeah. has many fans, and I am one of them. I like Legend of Korra as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've watched so many animated shows, and I, I, I like a lot of animated shows. Uh, Bojack Horseman, I think, is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've watched that one a bunch of times. It's very, like, I feel like it's very soothing to watch a depressed horse go about his business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That show that show won me over um more than it should have yeah <laughs> if that makes sense uh and then yeah. e- as it went on as like every new season i'm like I-, I would watch it and be like this is like one of the most emotionally devastating shows i've ever watched and it's about a v- talking horse like what the hell <laughs> and there's quentin Tar- tarantula you know like there's yeah. weird pu- animal pun jokes about celebrities also it's ver- it's such a strange show but i love it yeah hollywood and, like, stars it- and celebrities what do they know do, do they, they know, know things, things? Let's, let's find, find out, out. And like I feel like uh, the farther they get into the uh, consequences of his actions and like his mental state and all these really depressing things, they also go further in how silly the show can get. Yeah, yeah. The the kind of the satire and the parody starts to uh, become more like over the top, while his character development and like his internal self becomes more serious. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah. It's weird. Um, good show though. <laughs> Remember the when Philbert Todd be- really joined an improv cult? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was funny. So weird. Um, well, Greg, hey, we've we've chatted briefly about it, but why don't you give us a little primer? That was about- like in a strange. Oh. There were a couple shows that that. Oh, oh we're oh. losing James. Oh. It says my internet connection is unstable. Can you? Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm here. We can read you. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Say what you said. Again. Do it again. Oh, about... Uh, <laughs> Whatever we were talking about before. We missed it. Oh, I, I was just saying there was like... A couple of years ago, there were like three shows running in like three comedies that, at the time were all making fun of improv troops at the exact same moment. It yeah. was like there was a moment in tv comedy where it's like this can be yeah improv took a real hit yeah yeah i mean as it should yeah yeah it's um it's for people it's for lazy people who don't (laughs) want to actually learn lines but i always take some offense not because well like improv is good whatever but also like (laughs) these these writers and like these comedians they've all got come through improv oh yeah i think that's why honestly i think the obvious answer is that's why is that they 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 went through it and they saw 
like moments of greatness and mo- and like th- I think they built their their crafts really well, but they also saw the stuff that they want to make fun of, right? And so they just put the stuff they want to make fun of on screen uh, because they're like, this is yeah. this is so bad, and like it sucks when someone comes into an improv sketch and just takes over and starts saying, you know, Agent Michael Scarn. Um, yeah, right. and who hates themselves more than actors or writers? <laughs> James? <laughs> very few. There are very few people with more self-loathing than that. <laughs> than them um and i want to just shout out you're the worst uh mm. as a show that does some make fun of improv troops yep. but they do this one bit where the main character goes in order to heckle them and then after the show like doesn't go through with it but then talks to them after the show like oh i had these great heckles and the improv guys are like actually if you change these words around this is actually much better and they workshop his yeah. heckles yeah and that's uh, really good there's also anyway, we're way off track there's a <laughs> there's a whole bit in that show where uh, uh, I think it's probably the same character. I can't remember, but uh, uh, the, the army guy. Um, oh, yeah. What's yeah, his yeah. name? His Edgar? Edgar? Is that his Edgar. Name? Edgar. Uh, Edgar becomes like the assistant to Paul F. Tompkins. And, oh. Paul, and Paul F. Tompkins is playing himself as this asshole. And he's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's a, good, that's a great show uh, that I, uh, I think was recommended by James and uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. So if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. Um, but Greg, I wanted to ask you about your, what's your deal with Futurama? Yeah. I, we've, we've touched on it a bit, but, uh, but I think before we start diving to the episode uh, proper, we need to hear your, your deal. Okay, I've seen a lot of episodes of Futurama. This is something that I've realized, particularly in the initial run. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of these episodes. I will probably remember a lot as we go on. I was never obsessive about it like I was with The Simpsons. Right. It was never comfort viewing for me. However, it did eventually play in like double blocks where they would put um, one after another on certain channels, and I would watch those whenever they were on if I had a moment or two or whatnot. It was a show that I always found fine. It was fine. And it was never one that I that I truly, truly loved. And when I saw this episode, it was when it aired. Uh, so I did watch the space pilot. I watched it for the same reasons that James did. Because it's like, it's a new Matt Groening show. He made The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons right now. It's 1999. Everything's fine. <laughs> they might be having a, some sort of a hiccup, but I'm sure they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll get bounce back. They'll bounce yeah. back. Everybody does. They didn't. Um, <laughs> turns out that uh, Futurama was the was where they went was that was it's a it's the simpsons just it's the better one yeah at, 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 as as of its airing it becomes the better the better option futurama yeah. is the carnage to the simpsons venom exactly right yeah um <laughs> <laughs> to the spider-man of all in the family or sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's whatever. A, it's the offspring. It's the little offspring that Venom left behind. Yeah. He didn't mean to. And then, you know, people were like, I kind of like this better because it's a bit zanier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Carnage was like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm wild. Uh, I'm going in the internet with my tendrils. Yeah, it's just going to be 90 minutes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll be home in time for lunch. Eddie. Let there be future Eddie, I'm hungry. Let there be Futurama. Indeed, I like that movie. <laughs> I know you did. No, I, we we argue about it all the time. It's a good movie. It's a bad movie. It's a good movie. Best supporting Carnage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
and in this episode, when I watched it for the first time, I got really excited about it mm. because it made me feel like there was like a serialized animated show that might happen. I didn't really know what that meant at the mm. time. Uh, so when I started actually watching some of the episodes, I was like, okay, whatever. And I think a lot of it was over my head because I was 10 at the time. Yeah. And by the time I watched Jurassic Bark, I was like completely out of it. I'll never watch the show again. <laughs> um, and uh, it took me a really long time to come back around. And it wasn't until university when a uh, uh, friend, uh, Mark Ogle, actually uh, had the movie DVDs. Oh, yeah. And we watched those. And I was like, these are fine. I'm <laughs> sure the show's better than this. <laughs> and when I went back and watched the show a little bit, I was like, yeah, it's better. Yeah. And the point I'm trying to make is I've never actually sat down and watched the show as a as as like an appointment, right. you know, as right. something that I wanted to do. It was always just a a, a better option than paid programming. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, the the Duraflex and Shamwow, Shamwow, and that grill. The yeah, or the air fryers. What's that the they would... what's the set it and forget it? That thing. Remember Has that this one? ever happened to you? <laughs> Where you open a, a coffin cu- flops? Yeah. Coffin <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's start talking about uh, the show. I mean, we, we are, but yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, Space Pilot Three Thousand. Well, I want to talk about the gesta- gestation of the of this show. It's not as it's not storied. Like the thing about The Simpsons is it has a pretty like storied yeah. uh, genesis, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like this is something that I'm uh, that I'm really interested in. The fact that we actually get to talk about a pilot. Right, yeah. And a show that was pitched, and it went through, I guess, what you would call the machinery. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So at this point, uh, or actually, it was in the mid-90s. is when The Simpsons was a big hit. Um, Fox was like, hey, Matt Groening, you want to do another one? Yeah. <laughs> right? And so he started working on an idea, and the idea was what would become Futurama. He was basically like, what if I did a show about the future? He was, he was you know, fascinated, interested in those, like, world uh, World's Fair expos. I mean, there's one... That makes a lot the, of sense. The show's literally named after one that was in the, I think, the 40s or something, um, in the New York New York's World's Fair uh, that was called Futurama. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a bad title until you see the show. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so you know, much like Walt Disney was always very fascinated by um, tech, like what the future will be. Yeah. Um, so Matt Groening also had that kind of in his in his soul. So he started working on this. Uh, he recruited David X. Cohen to to help him uh, create it, and they pitched it to Fox, and Fox was basically like. Uh, yeah, like it's good, but here are notes. We don't like Suicide Boost, we don't like Zoidberg, and we don't like um, Bender. I think those are the three, like, three main notes they had. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, but the, the rebuttal from Cohen and Groening was, hey, we don't care. Right, yeah. Much like The Simpsons... We want because they the Fox never had a hand in the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. That's that's a key thing to know mm-hmm. is that they were able to make the Simpsons however they wanted. 
But this time, uh, Groening doesn't have a guy named James L. Brooks at his back. Well, and he, it's all—it's also like you know the the company's bigger now. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there. Uh, I believe I read a quote where they were like, uh, you know, Groening was basically like, um, I want to do Futurama the same way I did. I do the Simpsons without your input. Yeah. And the network was like, that's not how we do business anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they had become this, you know, this monolith company that was basically like, no, we're like, we want to, ha- we want to have our fingers in every pie. Um, so they, you know, they went back and forth for a while. Eventually they, the network did relent. Um, now we'll talk about it when we get to the episode, but the third episode titled, um, I roommate, I believe is the script that they decided to do with the network's influence. So they were like, okay, this is how the show would go if we agreed to your terms. This is what the show will be like. And the network hated that episode. <laughs> and so they I, there was this back and forth where it was basically like, well, that's what it's gonna, the whole show's going to be like if we deal with the studio note system. And so they relented and they were like, okay, you can do what you want. Um, so obviously Suicide Boost were still in. Uh, Zoidberg not showing up yet, but will show up and will be a staple of the show. Bender, of course, in right off the jump, uh, he's kind of there. Bart Simpson, right? Like he's kind of the 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 face of the show for a while. He's the the irreverent bad boy, as it were, that a lot of teenagers glommed onto. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a robot and he drinks beer. He's got an attitude. He's got a toot. Yeah, he's got a rude toot. And uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Like that's the the show was just greenlit you know because it was it was matt graining he's yep. got this giant show already yep. um and so there's not there wasn't a lot of, of history I, to the show i imagine like the thought behind that would be like if we get even a fraction of the success that the simpsons has produced it's gonna make us so much money yeah because the simpsons by season by 1999 had already made an ungodly amount of money for Fox. Yeah, I think uh, a a gajillion. I yeah, think I think that's appropriate <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fa- it's an interesting gestation because it's just so simple, and that's what you know. It's it's weird to think about, and like I'm sure Disenchantment has a similar. Um, you know, I I haven't dived into that myself, but I'm sure it's got a similar concept. I'm where, willing to take a bet. Yeah, that Disenchantment is this simple. Uh, Matt Groening doesn't ask anybody. Uh, <laughs> Netflix calls him, right. and they're like, "Do you have anything?" And he's like, "No." And then they say, <laughs> "Are you sure?" And Groening says, "Pretty sure." And Netflix says, "Are you really sure? Look out your window. There's a dump truck full of money there. If you can give us anything." And Groening's like, how about fantasy yeah. something? I don't fucking know like, that. Well, I've done sci-fi. I've done normal. <laughs> and le- how about we do how fantasy? About fantasy? How about yeah. that? And Netflix is like, great. They're unloading the money right now. Yeah. Um, would you like any? Would you like to write any of the episodes? He's like, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Leave not. the money and go. <laughs> That's how like, it went. How for that. <laughs> I envision it as six episodes. They're like, can you give us way more? Than <laughs> uh, and then he's like, yeah, of course. I don't care. Make it 20. Is that too many? I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's meet in the middle. 13. Or I can't remember how many there were. And we'll call it a volume one. Yeah. God, that show sucks. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's a slog. I haven't I haven't tried past episode two. Uh, I know some people say it gets better in season two, but... <laughs> 
I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I guess, yeah, that's enough preamble. Let's dive into the episode proper. Uh, Space Pilot 3000, first episode of season one, written by David X. Cohen and Matt Groening, directed by Rich Moore and Greg Vanzo. Uh, original air date, March 28th, 1999. Yup. I remember watching this episode, and this time around, when I was watching it, the main thing that I took away was, wow, this thing has major pilot energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think there's a there there's like this this thing with pilots and it's almost universal across the board whether it's apparently whether it's animated or live action there is a slowness to them mm-hmm. there yes. is there is a real the rhythm isn't quite there yeah. yet yeah and there's I a mean, real lack of rhythm i mean the we 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 mentioned it while we were watching it it's also the 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 characters are still finding their voices yep especially in animated shows right where i mean we talk about with the simpsons as well with dan dan's homer in season one being vastly different than homer in season four yeah um but uh billy west of course coming in uh hot with this this show playing three characters off the jump yeah and and Fry, he's got down already, yep. um, the main character, but the the Farnsworth and... Um, police guy. Uh, <laughs> police guy, right. Uh, Jimmy? I guess. I think. I'll learn. I know, I know the I'll ro- learn. I know the robot's name is Earl, spelt yeah. U-R-L, which I always found funny. Uh, yeah. um, what is that? U-R-L? Earl. Yeah. Why is that? U-R-L is, a, is like the address of a website. Oh, a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Humor. It's a reference to the Dixie Chicks' "Goodbye Earl." <laughs> ah, yes, right. music. When they their famous song about like dismantling the internet. <laughs> right. Yes, that's right. The uh, the dead body is actually the internet. <laughs> um, that's a metaphor. <laughs> but you have John DiMaggio playing Bender, and uh, similar to uh, West Farnsworth, their voice is not quite there yet. But it's it's got the it's got the essence, right? Yeah, it's real close. I think Farnsworth is real close. It doesn't take Billy West too long to settle into him, no. if I remember correctly. And I think the the thing about DiMaggio that I I find interesting in this pilot is that he's playing Bender a lot like slower, and that's why his voice sounds weird. Like he's like, "Hey there, meat bag." Mm. When in like later, he he just gets a lot zippier. Where he's just like, "Hey there, meat bag." Like yeah. you, you know, like I can't do his voice, obviously, but you, you, just that rhythm is what I was trying to get at. John DiMaggio um, is like a huge part of my life mm. in a major way. Gears of War. Gears of War. Yeah, I played the first two Gears of War games until the disc burnt out. <laughs> like uh, friend of the show, future guest, past and future guest Ryan Reese and I. Used to play fucking horde mode yeah. on Gears of War. 2 I remember watching you play horde mode. Yeah, we were great. Because I was like, "Yeah, you guys want to hang out?" You're like, "Yeah, we're playing Gears. You want to come over and make sure?" And it's just them playing, and I'm like, "Can I play?" Like, "No, we're on we're on mode 50 or whatever the fuck it is, level 50." Yeah, whatever. That's, yeah, that's how far you could get. Right. It was a big moment for I, us. Listen, you I'm very proud of you. Care. It's fine. I didn't. That's care. how that's how Alan and I used to be with uh, Call of Duty zombies. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, everybody had their thing. Yeah, if I, I'm yeah. sure, if I did it, if like if if it was like now, I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> At least I hope that's how I would react. Ah, <laughs> uh, you never know. Once you get that controller back in your hand, that's true. And you got that sweet, sweet sound of uh, uh, the horde. The, the horde. I was trying to think of the aliens. Are they called the horde? The horde. <laughs> 
Don't they have a name the in the flood? Gears? The flood? No, no, that's Halo. That's Halo. That's Halo. Man, whatever. I don't care. I um, can't remember the name of the Gears of War aliens, but I remember the name of the Halo aliens, a game I never play. <laughs> <laughs> that just shows you how much more ubiquitous Halo is. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, well, yeah, so the uh, the other, uh, of course, we got Katie Seagal playing Leela. Yeah. Um, who's you know? It's just her voice, really. Like yep. she's not really putting on a character she's voice per the se. Yardley Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's great. I love Katie Seagal. Yeah, and she's very good as Leela. Um, that's pretty much it for main characters, right? I mean, yeah, we've got lots of side side characters, but that's it for main characters in this episode. And most of the side characters are rounded out by that voice cast. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I love the voice cast of the show. Um, we'll talk about them more as we, as we introduce more characters, but I think this show even more so than the Simpsons made me appreciate the, the kind of like art of voice acting because I think Billy West became such a huge, like I became such a huge fan of his because, and again, it's similar to the Simpsons, but like with, with the Simpsons, when I learned, you know, the same person does, uh, Homer and Krusty and grandpa and like, you know, like when I learned that I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then I was able to kind of hear it, right? But honestly, with Billy West, there's there's times where I'm like, how the fuck does he do? Like, how is he doing Zoidberg and the Professor and Fry and for- Zap Brannigan? I forgot he's Zoidberg. He's Zoidberg too. It's crazy. He's that's, so good. That's nuts. You know what? He's also the original voice of Invader Zim. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In the pilot. In the Zim pilot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's Interesting. Zim. Yeah. Because isn't, isn't it the creator who does Zim? I can't Normally? remember I don't, who I don't does know it. That it's, show not, at all. it's not the creator who does okay. it. Uh, the creator's a fucking weirdo. No. <laughs> well, uh, that's not a surprise. <laughs> and, um, and, but the, the whoever they get, I can't remember who does Invader Zim, but the, the guy who they do eventually settle on is incredible. His commitment to that role is insane, but Billy West does provide the template for him to jump off of. Um, watch Enter the Florpus. It's great. <laughs> Enter the Florpus? Florpus. Okay. And Invader Zim Enter the Florpus on Netflix. Uh, oh, is it like a movie or Yeah, it's the oh. it's the Zim movie. Okay. Um my brother likes Invader Zim a lot and yeah, so it was on It's you a know, younger brother show. It was, yeah, it was on the TV in the background <laughs> a lot, but I never really watched it. I think it was too weird for me. Um and uh, which I know is weird as we're doing a Futurama uh show. But uh Sorry, I'm trying to see because I think I know who the um, who the voice actor is. Uh, oh, Richard Stephen Horvitz. There you go. Yeah, that's that's the that's the guy. Um, yeah. Right. That's why I know him because he was the original Alpha Five on Mighty Morphin Power Power Rangers. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> oh, I can hear it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. For, and then he does a lot of video game stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he actually kind of looks like Billy West a little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So, but what? I guess what? Like, what did what did we think about this pilot episode? I think it's got just enough laughs in it for me. It's like a lot of pilot episodes. It's like it. Wh- it has the task of setting. It up has the task of the setting show. things up. <laughs> However, it also is really efficient about how it does it. Yeah. It gets Fry to the 31st century in the first five minutes. Absolutely, you gotta. Which is interesting, yeah. but also uh, we don't know anything about his life in his time, which I guess is 
kind of the point, but I'm also kind of like... You know that he does not get any respect. Yes, <laughs> he gets no respect. He's a real danger field. Uh-huh. Um, that's actually... Okay, so I guess that, that brings into what I want to talk about Fry, because that's, I think, a big reason why I really like glommed onto him as a character that I really connected with. Um, they, we don't know much about his life in the 21st century, but what we learn in just this episode is that he clearly was unhappy, yep. right? And I think that's why the show works as well as it does because you need, you want to have a uh, audience surrogate, right? You don't want to just have a bunch of weirdos who all know how future tech works and stuff. You want a character like Fry who's like, what's this thing do? What's that? We're going to the moon. That's fun. You know, like things like that. But you also don't want them to always be pining for their previous life. Yes, that's right? sad. It's very sad. Like normally someone getting ripped away from their life a thousand years in the future where everyone they know and cared about is dead. That's very sad. But because Fry is someone who clearly is like just unhappy, doesn't get no respect. Um, and, it, you know, even in that opening scene where his girlfriend leaves him. Right. Yeah. You're like this poor fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> He works for a pizza place that says on their boxes, don't tip the delivery boy. Yeah. And, you know, even the little kids at the beginning when he's playing the video game don't give a shit about him. The first like, thing someone says to loser. him. Yeah, they, they say he's a loser. And I think the the thing that I really like about the character is that he could be a sad sack in the show, right? Because of that concept of he's him. He's too stupid to be a sad sack. <laughs> That's true. But I think it's also because... He's just, he's this wide-eyed, like, the future. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at all the cool stuff in the future. And, like, that, you know, we get that more, especially in the second episode when they go to the moon. But uh, we get a little bit of it in this episode. Obviously, the main plot is him running from his past, like his delivery boy status. Um, but for the most part, we get, like, little hints of him just being excited about being in the future and having a robot as a friend. And then getting to be a delivery boy for a spaceship like mm -hmm. that's what makes him happy and i think it's really i think it's really touching and uh, you know the character gets more and more uh fleshed out as the series goes on where he becomes even though he's a doofus he's just always so earnest and so like good-hearted that i i just really like him i think he's a really good character yeah fry's a good guy and it's really hard that that the line that they walk to make you not feel sad for him is really yeah. really really fine and the way they do it is so like it's it's so simple it's it has to be genius because all it takes is that moment when he's like all my friend all, all my family <laughs> my girlfriend I'll never see them again woohoo yeah he's happy about that's it that's the end of the first act yeah. he's happy about it that's <laughs> all we need that's all we need and it sets up some nice uh moments in future episodes uh you know the the one about his brother, the one about his dog, like yeah. where where we do get a glimpse into his old life, and I think ties it in really well with this concept they've created of him not having a great life, but maybe just didn't realize that there was some things that he that he could have, you know, things that could have been really good for him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, as again, as the series goes on, it gets it gets more and more fleshed out, and I I really I really like it. Um, James, I feel like you had something you wanted to say. Oh, just that uh, to Greg's point um, about the the efficiency of the episode, like it is a very efficient thing and it's, it's setting a lot up very fast. And I found that a lot of the jokes were happening like on the periphery of the action. Like most of the funny things were either like 
visual gags are like happening in text or signs or just like little moments between between dialogue just because there's like there's like a lot of work to do so yeah. i i sort of felt the hand of the creators like making everything around the tasks at hand as mm -hmm. funny as possible because the dialogue is very much like people need to learn what's going on yeah well and i mean we can talk a bit about the career chip thing too because that is definitely a pilot product that is dropped um but it, it is there. It does serve its purpose in this episode, right? Definitely. It's, just, it's just yep. the, the concept of you're branded with what your career will be for life. You got to do what you got to do. The little <laughs> poster with the... The guy with the, <laughs> the sad face and the thumbs up. The saddest thumbs it's up so, you've ever seen. It's so funny. Um, but it's sort of like a high concept uh, science fiction movie, like, but only in one episode. It's yeah. like, we're going to do our Logan's run. Yeah, and then, yeah then totally. We'll do whatever comes next. No, I'm only 25. <laughs> um, but I like too that you know this is how we're introduced to Leela. Um, is that she? This is her, her job. This is what she's got to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you have that that nice moment too with the boss where he's like, "It's your job to to enforce this. It's my job to make sure that you enforce this." You know, and it's it, you know it's a very subtle or not subtle, but like a very like you know easy commentary on you know the capitalist nature of the world and how you know like no this is how things are done and we just keep doing it and you know even having that small moment of leela railing against it and being like this is something i always wanted to do and fry, fry is the first person that made me realize i could um and then she gets to be a she gets to be a space pilot 3000 space pilot 3000 she's the she's the title character that's right and i think it's a yeah it's a nice setup for the series as a whole of like yeah you're gonna be a delivery company because that that's like a perfect uh serialized concept right yeah, like it's it can such, go to a, a new planet every episode if they want yeah it's to such a good idea it's great to get this delivery team together so you can explore the cosmos without with low stakes mm -hmm. that turn into high stakes because some of the greatest episodes of Futurama that I'm looking forward to begin with them on a delivery trip that goes awry. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Or like <laughs> the, the professor sending them on a delivery. That's right. Good news, everyone. Good news, everyone. That means bad news. <laughs> oh, guys. It's sort of like a... Remember that episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> I do I, now. I don't know. What, I don't know what that is. The the Simpsorama episode where, that was good. <laughs> The Futurama Simpsons crossover. Yeah, I just have to thank the Futurama people for making our last episode <laughs> of The Simpsons a good one. That's right. The Futurama setup sort of feels like, I just realized I've been watching uh, Cowboy Bebop, and it's basically mm. the same thing except yep. make make the Futurama one more mundane. They're not bounty yes. hunters. Yes. They're delivery people. It's low stakes. It's just, yeah, like oftentimes the deliveries they make are like the stupidest things too. <laughs> and that's what makes it great, right? Yeah. We're just, they're, they're just, they're just, they're Amazon workers, you know, except they're an independent company. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would be, they would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, Which is something I really liked is the aliens invading and destroying everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we had like sandcastles and then they destroyed those. Yep. And then we just made it. We did, yeah, made we, a future. Yeah, we, um, made, we made a future. There's a, I think in the in the rebooted series, there's an episode where they, uh, oh no, it might be in the movie. It might be in Bender's Big Score where they they show that moment 
because they're back in time again and they show that moment uh, of when the aliens destroy the city and it's a nice little callback. Um, there's a little shadow when Fry gets knocked into the uh, the cryogenic tube. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Who could that be? Well, we'll have to keep watching. As someone who doesn't know this series very well, I have no idea who that is. I know. I'm, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Wait, so they seeded that future moment in the right, pilot? Right at the beginning. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, they they always had they always had the plan that Fry's uh freezing to come to the future wasn't going to be just pure luck, pure accident. It was going to be hmm. for some greater purpose. Um they weren't sure what yet, but they knew it was going to be something. And so they they did add that little shadow to uh to make it clear that they had that plan from the beginning so it wasn't like a a weird retcon thing. What a great idea. Later on. Yeah. Um well, anything else we want to say about the pilot? I mean, as far as far as pilots go, I think this is a pretty good one. Yeah, it's it it's got this it's got the that, that that pilot feel to it. Yes, where like it doesn't feel entirely finished. Um, you were talking earlier that I'm the picky sound guy, and there's a surprising amount of, especially for an animated show, there's a surprising amount of dead air. Mm. in in this one um a place where like i think in future episodes or if they had more money or time that there would be some uh some music or some uh atmospheric sound or just some background noise yep. uh cityscape anything like that because they are in new york so that it would never really be quiet um so like a lot of the time when they're like standing on the on the sidewalk there's like just nothing but them talking and i'm like okay that's just that's pilot shit yeah that that'll be like fleshed out as we go so you'll hear like like spaceships (laughs) flying around um constant uh, constant atmosphere stuff going on uh but in this episode they're still working on it yeah they're still working on it and the episode following the series has landed i'm sure is going to have uh, more it's so, sound. It's so good. I love. I love the second episode. Um, uh, we're whalers on the moon. Um, the <laughs> the the thing I'll say about this episode is that it it's a very special episode for me because it's the pilot of a show I love. Mm. But I definitely recognize that it is not great. <laughs> like you know, like it's not an amazing pilot, and it's not like a, a perfect episode, and the jokes are still. Uh, you know, there, there's some that land really well, and there's some that I'm just like, nah, right. Like, <laughs> what is an amazing pilot, though? Ooh, you know, uh, is Breaking Bad. Really hard. Breaking Bad. Uh, oh, shit. Breaking Bad yeah. is one of yeah. the best pilots yeah. ever made. I You're believe. right. You're right. My my favorite pilot is for my favorite show, which is Mad Men's pilot. I think it's mm. incredible. That's a good pilot too. Yes, Battlestar Galactica. Isn't that a miniseries though? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's also, a it's a backdoor pilot. Yeah, yeah. Also sold separately. <laughs> also yeah, sold that's separately. Right. That's right. Yes. Season one DVDs, I believe, starts with the episode thirty-three. Mm. Yeah, which, that's the first episode I watched. Which is one of the best episodes of television ever. There it's you go. Fantastic. It's yeah. just the it's it's just the running part of the Last Jedi. Running part? Yeah, where they're running away, flying away. I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. They um, gotta jump. <laughs> spool up the ftl drive isn't that cool that's pretty cool yeah i'm trying to think of other great pilots i'm sure i can think of others but lost oh yeah i think the lost pilots fucking yeah. banger yeah that's a good one yeah 
Um, I'm trying to think about like 22 minute pilots though. Cause I think mm, that's, mm-hmm. I think that is a special challenge. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. This last year in pandemic, I've been like trying to ex- diversify the things that I, I write. So I've, I've written one or two pilots and like, they're really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to set so much up and you also, because you, you want to just like jump into like what the show is. But yeah. 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 Uh, you got, you have to set so much up. You have to, you have to get to the normal of the show yep. in order for everything to like have the stakes of the characters. Yeah. Fargo. Fargo's got a great pilot. Does it? I think so. What happens in that? Everything? Uh, well, it's also because it's an anthology. I think every, every season that I've watched anyway has a great pilot. Oh, okay. Uh, each season setting up a different story, and I think right. each one uh, has been great um, because they do a lot of setup and then ends with like someone dying usually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like some, and that sets up the kind of the rest of the, the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like season one of Fargo. I, lo- I love seasons one, two, and three. I still haven't watched season four. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if you had. Yeah, no, I haven't. But you answered that question. I, I did. Yeah. I didn't I watched a bunch of it, Sony had to review it. I did not care for it. Season four or or the season, show in... season season four specifically, yeah. although I don't really like Fargo. Oh really? Interesting. Because you love the I like movie. season I like season one and I think two actually is maybe my favorite. But <laughs> yeah, I I find that I find the tone of it a little bleak what's the word no uh pedantic oh interesting like like everyone has to use 10 words when they should really just say one you know what i mean like oh sure i mean oh sure (laughs) did not intend to oh yeah to say that um oh yeah you betcha i get what you mean i mean i think that there's characters in each season that fill that role um but i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree that every character but I, i i can see what you're saying that that they're all very verbose it, yeah, it's verbosity is part of its character, yeah. but I also feel like it overstays its welcome in a lot of ways. I guess so. I think that's what I love about uh, Fargo the movie as well, is that a lot of the characters are just ranting and, and that's what the humor comes from. You know, but the, the, that uh, movie doesn't overstay its welcome because well, it's 100 it's, minutes long. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tight 100. And yeah, it's really and good. It's, and it's a one of the best movies ever made. Fucking yeah. rules. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess that's kind of where I, I i get off the fargo wagon as well is that like i enjoyed the first season quite a bit mm-hmm. i really enjoyed how they weaved in the events of the movie um mm-hmm. into the back half of the season i thought that was really cool yeah. i even enjoyed the second season but at the end of the day i was kind of like i can get all of this in 100 minutes <laughs> with francis mcdormand and william h macy yeah, i don't have fair. to spend 10 hours the thing is it. i had a lot of free time the past couple of years greg what how why <laughs> What happened? <laughs> so I enjoyed staying in. Uh, was it free time that you were forced to spend alone? Brainerd and Fargo and all those other places. Oh, Can't gotta remember. go to Brainerd. <laughs> Duluth. I don't. I can't remember where all the towns are. I mean, I'm sure Duluth is mentioned. Probably. <laughs> most of the TV show, though, is not in Fargo. Of course, that's, that's the. You can't. That's what, yeah. Most of Fargo isn't in. No, Fargo. I know, but yeah, that's what is funny. Anyway. Um, it was shot in Calgary. It sure was. Yeah, you betcha. And we're back. <laughs> There's a nice bonus episode to, for the Patreon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you want to know what we were talking about, you got to subscribe, baby. Yeah. Um, we had a whole bit about the Looney Dude. Hilarious. 
<laughs> well, let's let's dive into some segments. Okay. Um, because we did this on Two Bad Neighbors. I feel like we should do some similar things, but yeah. not the exact same things. Yeah. Um, one I'd like to initiate, and this can, the, the other thing is we can initiate as many as we want because this is our pilot. Yeah, that's true. We can get rid of them if we don't like them. <laughs> um, but I like the idea of a favorite tech. So oh, they that's int- great. They introduce different tech tech elements in every episode sometimes. I, I guess some there might be times where it's like, there's no new tech. We can just talk about one that was already invented that we liked, right, whatever. Right. But I, I like the idea of like a favorite tech that they introduce and one thing i want to say before because i'll give you guys i know i just sprung this on you so i'll give you guys time to think about it i got mine okay great (laughs) but i just want to say what i really love about the show and we'll see this more and more as we go is that their whole concept of the tech is that they want it to be star trek adjacent but malfunctioning all the time (laughs) so that's why you have that moment with fry looking at the door and being like it's just like on star trek and it closes on him um, that's their whole concept, and I love it because it 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 makes so much sense. Yeah, it's to a great me moment. It's like a future thing where it's like, yeah, we have this stuff that that we really like and that consumers want, but that's not perfected yet, and yeah. so it's gonna malfunction just like your fucking computers will do. You it technically know? doesn't work. Yeah. So, um, one I really liked in this episode um, that I don't think is ever brought back again is the weird like DNA tester machine. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> the professors and fries stick their fingers in and go. I think I think like, that's oh, you why, are my nephew. I think that's why we're gonna have no problem filling this segment because sure. the professor always has new <laughs> shit like that. He's got weird, like shit, his yeah. smellometer or some, oh, like the finglonger, oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine's the pneumatic tube. I mean, it's great. It's so great. I think it's really funny the sequence that uh, that t- carries Fry around New New York and then shoots him out into a wall. Yep, is great. Tourists, just to uh, reiterate your sometimes it's malfunctioning yep. bit. Exactly. Jamesy, do you got one? Yeah, honestly, that is that is exactly my yeah. favorite part too. I love <laughs> the pneumatic tubes, and I think my the funniest moment in the episode, the biggest laugh, was when it just spit him into a wall. Yeah, great. <laughs> Um, well, that favorite joke then we, we, I think we should keep that one alive. Absolutely. Um, so is that your favorite joke from the episode is him hitting the wall? Yeah, it definitely is. But just to, just to have more content, I'll sure. say, um, I really, I really liked, uh, what, what's with the, what's with the eye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That whole conversation. It's like, <laughs> is it about the all eye? right, go ahead and ask it. What's with the eye? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg? Uh, favorite joke is uh, <laughs> Farnsworth. Of course, I was like, if it's not a, prof- I feel like Greg's always going to choose a professor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's the only thing I know how to laugh at. <laughs> Being version one point yeah, oh. Yeah. Um. So, it's the quote that you said at the very oh, yeah, beginning. The, the different lengths of wire. Yeah. Let me show you the different <laughs> lengths of wire that I used to build it. I love him. <laughs> Uh, one of my and, and, and oh. Bender carrying him. Oh yeah, that's real, I'm already in my pajamas. It's a really funny image. I like that joke too because that's he wears that outfit for the whole, whole oh, yeah. series. Yeah, so yeah. he's always in his pajamas. Always. Um, one of my favorites is actually uh, the the heartfelt moment in in the sewer or whatever when uh, oh, Bender yeah. Bender wants to join in. And then he goes, well, let's have a drink. And he pulls out three beers and then just starts drinking them himself. <laughs> I think it's a great little visual gag that um, I don't think I picked up on as much, you know, first few times watching it. It's good. 
because you think he's going to share it with the other two. Yeah. But then he drinks them all. It's a sta- It's a pretty classic booze joke. Um, but I, I, for some reason it always works for me. <laughs> like when someone's like, I'll get like, we're, I'm sitting with Greg and I'm like, yeah, I'll get two gin and tonics. Do you want anything? <laughs> so I think Bo- that's really funny. <laughs> uh, I, okay. Here's, here's my punch up to okay. that. So it's like, um, it's like, Hey, I'll get two gin and tonics. You want anything? And it's like, so both of the gin and tonics are for you Four gin and tonics. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Because you get your buddy, too, as well. <laughs> uh, um, so I mentioned this to Greg as we were watching the episode. Uh, the reference desk is no more. Uh, yeah, mo- we burned it. Wow. <laughs> mostly because this show is littered with references. It's kind of a nightmare, and I just, I'm just i not going to be able to keep up. And there's going to be ones I miss every time. Yeah, so I'm instead, not going to try. <laughs> not going to try. Um, I mean, obviously, just the majority of the references are Star Trek or some sci-fi series. And then there's tons of heads in the jar, which are all references in and of themselves. You know, we get Dick Clark in this one. We get Leonard Nimoy in this one. Um, I will say, however, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do every so often notable references. Sure. And these are ones that I think are worth mentioning. So in this one... I think the the two that I kind of picked up on that are, uh, I think, interesting. So, Farnsworth is actually named after someone uh, whose real name is Philo Farnsworth. And he was the guy in charge, or at least did an e- exhibit or something, for the 1939 New York World's Fair, which is where Futurama comes from. So That uh, sounds like a 40s, 50s name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Farnsworth. Philo Farnsworth. Philo Farnsworth. Um, and then Fry's outfit, his iconic outfit, is based on James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, red and jacket. Then, you know, there's there's so much more in in the series, but we're not going to talk about it because it'll just be me listing shit for a long time, yeah. and it's not interesting. Um, the other segment is going to be uh, alien language. Okay. Because there's alien language in the in the show. James, are you aware of this? You know about this? You heard about this? Um, you <laughs> there's they created an alien language that they put in the background of the show. It's a simple substitution cipher that uh, the internet solved very quickly. <laughs> and so they did a more complex alien language later on, I think not until season two. Um, that is a bit more complex that they, I think, didn't fully solve until Bender's Big Score because I think one of the symbols wasn't revealed until then. Oh. Um, but I just thought it'd be interesting to, uh, to, to talk about the translations of those various sightings. So in the opening sequence, and I don't know if this is uh, constant every time the opening sequence happens, but um, there's, uh, in the background, uh, like vertically, there's a, a sign that says, Rent a Human. In the alien language? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are all in the alien language. I'm, of course, just translating into English. Um, and a smaller sign later on, in still in the intro, uh, 3D rules with the Z. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but the entire opening se- segment is all 3D computer animation. Oh, okay. Um, and then finally, in the opening segment, there's a, there's a billboard for Tasty Human Burgers. You ever had a Tasty Human nice. Burger, James? Uh, burger for human. Okay, yeah, that's tasty. That's burger for human. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the in the episode uh, proper, uh, there is the sign in the background of for Slurm, and it says "drink" in the alien language. Drink Slurm. 
Um, later on, uh, on graffiti on the wall in the sewer, or I think in the grate as they go into the sewer, uh, in the alien language, it says, Venusians go home. So there's huh. some, some uh, xenophobia to Venusians. And then finally, there's just the uh, the countdown that happens at the end of the episode. So in the year three or twenty two thousand nine ninety nine, um, there's two instances of the alien language numbers as the aliens are counting down. Um, now this says seven six, but I think it's six five. I don't remember, but whatever. They're counting down. There's two of the numbers. That's it for the alien language in this episode. And I think that's it for our first episode. I think that's our pilot. Yeah, three thousand space pilot three thousand. We did it. Wow. Wow. Uh, thanks, James. For <laughs> I'm saying it to your face this time. That's really great. Uh, I was, I was re-grouting my toilet today and listening, and I, I heard a thanks, James, then. I, I just, I, and it you know, follows we, me around. We hope people are always listening to us while elbows deep in their toilet. It's the best way to listen. Um, to all your podcasts. <laughs> Well, especially ours. Yeah, especially uh, this one. <laughs> uh, I will say as well, we got we have some mailbag to go through. I just figured we'd save that for our next episode because we had so much to go through on this episode on our pilot. It's a busy but, day. But uh, f- uh, for those that send us mail, we will be getting to them uh, next episode because we don't want to let it pile up too much again. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got some mail to talk about. Oh, James has a question. Can I do a plug? A plug, of course. This is a great time to do it. Oh, wonderful. Um <laughs> If, you, if anyone's watching Succession this season, which mm. they should be, uh, my wife, Sonia Soraya, is on the Vanity Fair Still Watching podcast, and they are covering Succession for the next couple of weeks. Listen to it on your favorite podcast app. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's her and Richard Lawson talking every episode of Succession. Uh, cool. Sonia, past guest, hopefully future guest, um, and just a absolutely wonderful writer, wonderful podcast host, and Richard Lawson is the same. Um, I'm not a past guest. Though. No, not a past guest. No, unfortunately. We're hoping. Yeah, well, keep your fingers <laughs> crossed. You never know. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm just gonna start season three tonight. So I'll uh, hopefully hop on that bandwagon. Is real that what soon. it's on? Like that's it's currently airing season three. Is that right? Yeah. So are uh, they doing? It's did so they, good. Did they do uh, for still watching? Did they do seasons one and two first, or are they just doing season three? Uh. I think Sonia has just joined the podcast for season three, but they did do seasons one and two, and they're always covering a show of some kind. So they're just finishing right. up uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, and they're doing Succession. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I do want to start watching Succession, so I was just I was wondering if uh, if that would be a good companion piece as I watch it. But I I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I'm not sure about the previous seasons, but in the current season, uh, as as well as their discussion, they also have interviews with uh, like Brian Cox and Kieran. Culkin. Cool. And they're really they're really good. Nice. And guys, I just I like Vanity Fair. I think there's some pretty good thinkers and talkers in that <laughs> in in that sphere. I think it's pretty cool. So I'll be listening. Great. Cool. Um and uh Alan? Yeah. Anything to plug? Mm, no. I have something to plug. Great. <laughs> the Cinevals are back. Hey. They, we are re-releasing the back catalog and new episodes to follow very, very soon. So if you miss the Cinevals the first time around, all of the episodes are about to be re-released on the Boathouse Studios feed for free. And In case you don't know, it's a podcast by our friends, Camille and Allie. That's right. And they talk about every Val Kilmer film. 
Or at least the ones we could find. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So check that out on the Boathouse Studios Network. And that's it for our episode. Where can people find us, Al? Well, you can still find us on the internet at Bad Neighbors Pod. Um, you can email us at thehammockdistrict on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. <laughs> it's, we're keeping it, baby. Um, but And then, uh, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon for two bucks a month. Gets you all of our bonus content. As we mentioned early on, uh, we just did all of the Scream commentaries. And uh, we just... <laughs> Just put in uh, another bonus episode <laughs> unintentionally yep. with this this uh, conversation with James. So that's right. Um, so look for that as well. And then well, there'll be more bonus stuff coming out. M- you know, we'll hopefully start doing some Futurama related stuff as well Yay. as we get going. But uh, uh, next time is the series has landed. And uh, like I said, I really like that episode. I think it's uh, I think it's when the series became. Uh, a must-watch for me was on episode two. So That's pretty very, quick. Very quick for me. Um, but as always, Scooty Puff Junior. Son.